It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey guys, welcome back to the Cowboy Stories. The sponsors for today's episode are Jake Hershey. He does custom leather work and you can find his leatherworking page on Facebook if you search Cross JH Custom Leather. His slogan is handmade by one man at a time in Texas, USA. Our next sponsor is the Flying UW Ranch. We're proud to have them as a sponsor. Um, and the newest one is the Gable L Ranch. They raise purebred Angus cattle. You can check out their website at gablelranch.com. Again, I'm super appreciative of our sponsors. It really helps to keep this podcast going. If you're interested in sponsoring the show, please email me at cowboystoriespodcast at gmail.com. And with that being said, let's dive into today's episode. Today, I had the opportunity to visit with David Johnson. David lives in Moccasin, Arizona, and he has a really neat story that I'm excited for you to hear. I should also probably mention that this is just part one. Part two will come out in two weeks, so pay attention for that to come out. Um, To make sure you don't miss it, subscribe to our channel. And with that being said, let's dive right in. come into your home (laughs) (laughs) i i have honestly been excited for a long time to actually come and and meet you and and visit with you because so many people have just said you need to talk to david you need to go meet david he like he's the real deal (laughs) give me their names (laughs) (laughs) and you'll call them when it's over (laughs) straighten that out I really, I honestly, I appreciate it a lot. So <laughs> I don't know if I'm much help or not. You will be. Something that I usually like to start off with by asking is just having you talk a little bit about your childhood and kind of where you grew up and how you got involved in everything you got involved in in the first place. Well, I. <laughs> When I was nine years old, uh, my dad and his brothers bought a ranch in Nevada out around the, uh, run from Mesquite, clear up to Caliant. It's a big place. And I got out there and I, I thought, man, this is a boy's paradise. There's wild horses about every day we'd see. <laughs> wild cattle. But I stayed out there a lot. I didn't go to school part of the time. I just stayed out there with those cowboys and and uh, that's where I learned a lot of my stuff. Andy Lytle was kind of running the outfit. And he was one good guy, a good horseman. He knew cattle. <laughs> he was just a good guy. But they, 
they kept it for seven or eight years, and then they decided it's too far from home. They was doing too much driving, so they sold it. And so we came back to here, and, and I went to work for Esplin Cattle Company out on the strip. They had around 2,000 head of cattle. I, I worked for them for several years. How old were you when you first started working for them? Uh, I, I was just out of high school. Well, actually, I went out on weekends sometimes during high school. But anyway, we we got uh, that was a good deal. They them guys was really good guys. We had a lot of a lot of fun on it. We had a lot of think scary things happen. <laughs> One of them boys roped a cow and it jerked his horse over backwards. And right on the first day, the horses was soft and stuff, and that old horse just didn't wasn't paying much attention. But it jerked it over and it knocked him out. He thought it killed him, and he he finally started coming out of it. But but uh, there's a couple of guys there. They gave him a blessing, and and he they promised him that he would heal up without any side effects and and he did he he just healed right up after that but he was he uh, still out when they gave him the blessing yeah kind of yeah we thought he was dead and then we thought he was still dying <laughs> it was your scary thing but anyhow that's uh they run a lot of horses we we had to take our horses out they run about 40 or 50 head of saddle horses and we'd have to they didn't feed hay back then. They just hauled grain in a, an old pickup they had, and we they hauled it out. We'd have to grain all those horses at night. And we had to have about forty nose bags because if we put two or three on, then the mother horses would tear them off. <laughs> so that was just loose there. But anyhow, we we would uh, grain them at night and just camp wherever we was, wherever we. Night found us. It was a quite an experience. It was. A, I wouldn't trade those days for anything. So and, when you went to work out there, you were just out. Like you didn't come back to town. Yeah, you didn't. You yeah. were just out working. I I think it's about thirty days before I come back to town the first time. I rode my horse from out there. He bucked me off one day there. And, Saddle and all, <laughs> and so I, I got that horse and I told him I, right there, Donald Esplin was with me and I told him that I'm going to ride that horse clear to Mox and I'm going to teach him something. I'm gonna, <laughs> and so I, I rode him clear over here, come to cane beds and down off that old trail right up here, and, and came down back here. But, did you teach him anything? Uh, yeah, he he got pretty good. He, he quit bucking with me, but he bucked a lot of other guys <laughs> off. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was gonna sell him out there one day, and oh, uh, Bill Smurl and and uh, some swap guy come out there to look at him and. He was out in the pasture out here, and I caught him a nosebag. I'd catch him any place. 
I just threw my saddle on and got on, but I usually got on him with a little switch. And he kind of knew I was going to tune him up if he tried to buck. And, but anyhow, I didn't dare get on there with that switch and show it that. So I got on him, and <laughs> he started to buck, and he bucked right between those two guys. <laughs> Almost knocked them both down. <laughs> Went up the country bucking, and I got back, and they was sitting there shaking their heads and said, uh, we don't think we want that one. They need to go through that every morning. <laughs> so, I mean, we had another horse there, but we sold it to him. <laughs> yeah. Then I left there and I started helping Frank Michael Prang over in House Rock. He, uh, he was running Roy Willie's ranch for him down there, and he he would call me in the spring and the fall. I'd go out and help him brand their calves, and and I helped him gather them. After Roy Willie died, we gathered all those cattle and shipped them. Up. But then uh, that ranch sat idle for several years. It didn't. There wasn't. Uh, any cattle on it. Why and, was that? Uh, what's that? Why why did it just uh, they just sold it, sold the cattle off and they nobody ever bought it and then they put it up for sale and then they uh, quite a few people bid on it and, but the E. J. Graff down the Hurricane got the high bid, I guess, and he he called me and asked me if I'd go out there for him and, and so I I went out there, they had a 300 head permit on that, and I took care of that for several years, and then he called me one day, and he says, I need you to come down and talk to me. The church had owned a lot of that country, the Kaibab, and much of that they used to take their uh, dairy herd and everything out there. They even had milk cows out there in one place. Really? <laughs> but uh, anyhow, he said, uh, I want to buy those neighbors out. Do you think any of them will sell? And I said, I don't know. I, a lot of them was getting pretty old. And so we we bought Elmer Jackson first. He, he had a 300-head permit on the Kaibab, and, and that worked out pretty good with the 300 head we had down there. We just put them up on there in the summer. And then uh, Bob Vaughn decided he wanted to sell, so we bought him and Roly Allen out over in the house rock. And uh, I don't know, we, and we bought uh, then LeDrew and yeah, Drew and Roly had that mountain permit, and so we bought them both out, mm -hmm. and we made it into a pretty big place. He he wanted to build it, buy that ranch because he at the church had owned it, and he wanted to put the same thing back, and and then so we we done that. But then he got so old he couldn't go, <laughs> and so they they sold out. But it was a, and then after that I come back to here and I started to run the tribal cattle herd. So when they sold out, did did they sell everything that they had bought? 
yeah. all together and then they sold all those different pieces all together yeah. to make the one yeah that's okay so how many so you started with 300 head and how many did by the time you bought the neighbors out how many well we we had it uh, when we sold i think we sold about 1200 head but but it was a uh, I don't know, I'd sold them a little permit too up the Priya Canyon. But, uh, in the meantime, I'd bought a place from Roy Judd. And, uh, so we we put our own cattle down there and my boys kind of took care of it, but they, but anyhow, we, we still got that ranch and we kept afloat a little bit with it. <laughs> Not real good, but. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, that's where I'm at right now. I'm still taking care of the tribal cattle and their, their manager farm out here. Okay. So what is, I don't, what does that entail? Like the tribe just owns their own? They own their own and I just work on a percentage. Uh, I take a percentage of their calves and percentage okay. of their hay and whatever. So I, and do they just run right around here? Yeah, yeah, it's just right around here. It all, all joins this country right here. How many cows can they run? Oh, they've got about 200. So you you do this for them, and then you have your own up yeah. the, where did you say it was? Oh, it's, uh, it runs on the Kaibab, runs up towards Jacob Lake and, and back north. Okay. And... Uh, down at the foot of the mountain, and I've got some other permits down in Hacks Canyon. I take those cattle, put most of them down there in the winter. Got Hacks Canyon, Grandma Canyon, then I've got a horse permit. I always have plenty of horses. So. <laughs> you are staying busy, my goodness. <laughs> it's kind of a three-day trip when you go down in there. Shane and them just got back yesterday down in there. Where's your horse permit at? It's down in by Hacks Canyon when it goes from Hacks clear to the Colorado River. It's real rough oh, country cool. down in there, but horses do good. But we've been short of water the last two or three years. We have to check them pretty regular to make sure they, a lot of it's just pockets, but we got some good springs, but they've been drying up pretty near clear up. So we've had a little trouble keeping watered. <laughs> I, it sounds like that's what kind of shape most people are in on the I strip think, right now. Yeah, like, I think so. And everywhere else. Yeah. yeah. Kind of scary. Yeah. yeah, we had that fire out there last summer. And burned a lot of our country off. And it's, uh, so it made it double hard. Yeah. <laughs> it was dry and we hauled water to them wild all summer. Have you always raised horses? Mm -hmm. Ran horses. Yeah, I've always had some horses. We, <laughs> yeah, we went on a trip one time. We've gone five days. We've been gone two days. He says, well, we've seen quite a bit. He says, why don't we just go home today? And I said, okay. He said, we could save a lot of money if we just went home today. And he can home five more horses. Oh, I, <laughs> I've seen some mules on the way out there. <laughs> So I went. <laughs> I stopped at that trading post. I kind of knew that guy. Uh, and so I went back and 
bought those two mules. Uh, I wasn't real popular around here, so I kind of stayed out the ranch. <laughs> but, uh, That's funny. <laughs> but I made a lot of money at them mules. You got them on the movies. <laughs> Did you use that money to go finish your trip? No. no. Probably bought more. <laughs> but anyhow, we, those two mules broke to work. And I, we was up there in that cave lake deal. They were supposed to be cleaning that out with a, with a slip scraper. and had them two mules hooked to it. They made me put on some... Uh, Overalls with the suspenders over the top and that, and I had them on. And I got them mules going down in there, and they kind of spooked. And they took off and went around that way, and that darn handle of that scraper went under my suspenders and, <laughs> and flipped me right up under them mules. <laughs> they was kicking, and he, he got them going again. <laughs> And those were the same mules that you bought? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) But she don't realize how much I made off of them. (laughs) 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 Oh, we had a couple of other interesting experiences. Don Stork was helping us, and he was a pretty good bronc rider, but he... I had a little mare there, and he, I told him to catch her, and so he caught her, and I says, now, you need to lead her up a little bit before you get on, and he had his coat laying on the front of the pickup, and he just rode over there, got right on her, and rode over there and grabbed that coat, and he just hit her on the neck, <laughs> she went to bucking, and bucked him saddling all off, <laughs> skinned his nose all up, <laughs> but anyhow, he... We loaded our horses and we was going to clear out on Saddle Mountain that day and me and him was the only ones going. <laughs> we, <coughs> we got, <coughs> excuse me, they got, uh, we got going out there and we saw some wild cows come across the road just in front of us clear over there by Saddle Mountain and so we decided we better get them while we knew where they was at. So we jumped out, and he caught one, and I caught one. I was riding a half colt, too. <laughs> but we kind of drug them back towards the road, and we got them back over in there, and my horse wasn't doing too good. He was snorting around. <laughs> and he, we pulled them cows right up beside the road, and, and he started to buck, and <laughs> he spun around and got my legs kind of tied in the, <laughs> the saddle. <laughs> and so I... I decided this ain't working, so I grabbed a little quaky tree that was there, and I jumped, pulled myself off, and I had my feet locked around it in my hands, and it went down, and that darn cow was still tight, <laughs> hooked to that horse, and she saw me, and here she come, and she hit me in the butt, and I went back up in the air, <laughs> and as soon as she backed off, it come back down, and here she come again. <laughs> Don was laughing so hard that he couldn't help me much. <laughs> yeah, the other cow right there anyway. But, uh, <laughs> uh, had a lot of good experiences over the years. <laughs> what was the worst wreck you've ever been in? 
<laughs> I don't know which one. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a pretty good one, just barely. <laughs> uh, darn horse run over me down to, we was down to that old three-legs trail down into the mountain. And, uh, <laughs> and we was trying to catch them horses, and my uncle just bought a horse. He wasn't wanting to be caught, and he'd come out of that bunch of horses just running as hard as he could go. And, I tried to dodge him, but I dodged the same way he did. He hit me right there with both front feet and went over and knocked me about, I don't know, clear across the trail. And I was about half paralyzed. I, I thought, sure, it broke my neck or something. So I lay there for a little while. I finally got feeling a little better, but they they took me to Canab to the doctor. and There wasn't no doctors in the Canab at that time. <laughs> so they were chiropractor was there and well, they took, me, <laughs> took me down there to, to him and he kind of had an x-ray deal he x-rayed it and said oh no there's nothing broke says so he jerked me around a little bit <laughs> so i went back out the ranch and went back to work then about you know seven or eight years after that i, I roped a cow down to nails crossing and, and she hooked my horse he, he was kind of, I was scared of her anyway, but she hooked him and he kind of rired up. And he went over backwards. I hit my head on a post. And <laughs> it was a good thing I hit my head on it because they said it broke the post off. And if I'd have hit anything else, it was a lot of damage. <laughs> but they life lighted me to Salt Lake and got up there and they x-rayed everything they said well it's not broke now but they says you've had a terrible break in, in your neck it's full of arthritis <laughs> so I, I figured that was when that horse ran over me but, <laughs> but, uh, so the chiropractor <laughs> didn't do very good job. He, well, he, he thought he really fixed me up <laughs> Glad you're still with us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a few times I wasn't sure. I went down in the canyon on that horse permit I'm talking about one time, and Orville Palmer was with me, and he went ahead around there to see if the, there's water in them pockets around there, and I was just following them horses along. That horse had bucked a lot, but he was just as gentle as could be when you're, most of the time, but he. I think he was asleep, and I was about asleep. All of a sudden, he grabbed his butt and went to buck, and he bucked right out towards a big ledge, big canyon, come up across there. I thought he was going to go right on off of it. So I started turning loose, and I leaned over to jump off. And he whirled back and threw me right out there. One arm was hanging off that ledge. Oh. <laughs> and the, uh, the next trip down there, I had that same horse, but I wasn't going to ride him, so I put a pack on him. We was going off a steep trail off into Hikes Canyon, and he, that uh, horse, a bunch of the other horses turned off the trail, and I was going around a place where it was, was going to get crowded off, so I jumped off foot and ran around there and just dropped the rope to that horse and my saddle horse. And, and anyhow, he moved around, and the old folks kind of went forward and hit him in the shoulder, and he went to bucking the he bucked down that hill just as 
hard as he could go and when he got down there and he seen that ledge and he was trying to stop he, he couldn't stop he went right over that cliff and <laughs> clear down hit the bottom looked like he'd been dropped out of an airplane when he we, we had to hike around there every can that we had on him food was had a hole in it <laughs> oh, we we had some buried around there two or three years ago <laughs> so we lived all night while we was down there that trip Gosh, how steep is the ledge? How far? Oh, I just straight off about uh, it was about 250 feet, maybe. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't buck no more. <laughs> <laughs> was he one that you had raised, or did you buy him? No, I bought him from a guy in Fredonia. I don't know what he was out of or anything, but he he would have been a good horse, good-looking horse and everything, but he just had that in him. I don't know. <laughs> so the horses that you run out there, like, do you, what kind of breeding do you like in your horses? Oh, just quarter horses mostly, yeah. Any ones in particular, like any? I don't know. Just a good horse. <laughs> yeah, I don't We've had some good studs. We had, I see, we started out with a horse we called Copper Cloud. We had him when we was out in Nevada, and then when we come back, we bought a, let's see, what was the other stud? Takeout. <laughs> and then we bought another stud that was with Vegas Ray, and then. Uh, then I've had a dozen studs since I took over. My dad was kind of in with me on those first ones. Or I was in with him, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> and would you just turn all of the studs and all of your mares out on that? Yeah, I've got some pastures that we, I just put, I've got two studs now, and I just put them on up on side, this side of the, ranch and the other down on the other side and their fence separate so they can't get together yeah do you remember what any of their their breeding went back to yeah that uh, younger stud i've got he's out of a gosh if i can remember their names <laughs> lucky blanton and uh, and then some driftwood and hancock in there the other old stud, I just bought him up in uh, North Dakota. He, he's got a lot of steel dust and, and poke wine on a bunch of those in just right back there a little ways. He's, he's an older cool. horse. But he, we like him pretty good, but we we just got a bunch of Myers bred to him now. We don't know how the colts are going to turn out. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's just something that I'm really interested in. Like, I just, I think it's cool when you can find a horse these days that go back to one of those old foundation. Yeah, that's like what I like, the old foundation that's cool. stuff. But oh, this other, this new horse we bought black. But they showed me some pictures out of him. They was all bay, so I don't know <laughs> <laughs> what color he's going to throw. That other horse throws a lot of blue colts. How many mares do you have? Oh, I don't like to say when Christine's here, but <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, 
we've got about 20 mares, I think. Oh, cool. <laughs> I winter a lot of them down on that horse permit. I make sure there's plenty of water and stuff before I put that bunch in there. And do you just try to keep the colts to use, or do you sell a bunch of them? We sell a lot of them. We sold them all last year for even as soon as we got them weaned off. Really? <laughs> guys come, well, the last two years, guys down Logandale come and bought them last year. When you think about, like when you were went to Nevada when you were nine, is that what you said? Mm -hmm. um, is that one of the first times that you remember actually going out and and helping move cows around, or did you do that here? No, I done that here. We we had my dad had those little permits, and we we done that. He was working for Esplanade for a long time. He kind of run that outfit for quite a while for Esplanade. That's kind of how I got back in there with him when oh, we okay. come back from Nevada. He got me that job with them. Is there one particular memory that you can remember, like the first time going out and helping, or the first time you were allowed to go on a long day, or? <laughs> well, I went, to, my dad and me took a bunch of heifers down, down in Grandma Canyon and one time, and we we got uh, down there, and my dad said, well, I'm gonna jog down and check that bottom fence about 10 miles down in there. I was riding a little old mare, I just had partly broke. There's quite a story to that, too. I'll tell you that next. <laughs> but anyhow, we, <laughs> we uh, he says, you just be bringing these cows. Keep them moving along. If, don't let them stop and scatter on you. And he hadn't been out of sight, and them things just scattered and <laughs> went every place. <laughs> I, I chased them around there, and my horse gave out. So I started bawling, and then he, <laughs> he came came up there and I was afraid he'd see the steer t tear stains in my eyes where I'd been crying and so I told him, man, that sun was so bright it made my <laughs> eyes water. <laughs> he knew exactly what it was. He started laughing. <laughs> How old were you then? Uh, probably seven. <laughs> Six All or right. seven. But anyhow, that story about that horse was that I, I was named after David Esplin. He's the one that owned that ranch out there, and so he named me after him. He, but anyhow, he every time I'd go out there, he'd give me a calf or a cold or something. Every time I'd go out the ranch with him, and he just kind of took care of me. He gave me four or five heifers, and I had a pretty good bunch of cattle my own with that. But anyhow, he. He traded me a little old paint horse, a pretty little bugger, but they brought him home and my dad saddled him a couple of times and kept him tied to a post outside the house there. And he, I went out to saddle him one day and went to jerk the cinch up and he reached around and bit me, picked me up, <laughs> bit me on the lake, picked me up and shook me <laughs> like that. I got mad at him. And <laughs> So uh, the Indians had some pretty good little horses down there, so I, I went and I walked clear down there and I traded them out of a little mare. That well, was a little mare I was riding down there. But, but anyhow, he, 
they said, well, what's my dad's nickname was Pickles, and the Indians all called him Pickles. They said, well, what's Pickles going to say about this? I said, Pickles ain't going to say nothing. This is my horse. That's not his. <laughs> <laughs> so I swapped my horses. <laughs> they rode that old horse, old Monkey Frank, an old Indian from down there. He rode that old horse for, oh, heck, I don't know, probably 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> so you weren't very old when you made that trade. No, I was only six or seven. I don't know. Somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Been at it ever since. <laughs> <laughs> did you make sure you always got the better end of the trade, or did you end up with some? Well, I always thought I'd done okay, but my dad didn't think so sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> we were sitting at the Cedar auction, I don't know, a month or two ago, when they had the horse sale come through. Oh, and yeah. They had a school bus show up from Valley with a bunch oh, of kids oh, there on yeah. a field trip. I bet I was there that same day. <laughs> really? Did you see that kid who bought that stud colt, yeah. that stud horse? Yeah. <laughs> I just thought, oh man, <laughs> what is your dad going to say when you get home? <laughs> the stud yeah. horse sold for like 50 bucks. This kid bought it. <laughs> yeah, we a, laugh about that a lot. Yeah, that was, that was pretty interesting that day. Yeah. My brother was there with me that day, and we just oh, laughed. Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny. I, <laughs> I worked for that auction <laughs> when I was a, I got in the cattle trading deal, and I bought cattle from the Navajos out there for oh probably ten years, along with everything else I was doing. <laughs> but they'd call me, he'd call me when he got a load of cattle, and I'd go out and get them, bring them back, and I but I worked for the Matt Johnson for a long time. <laughs> we was down. I bought. Uh, he sent me down to Arizona, and I bought four thousand head of calves down there. I kept calling him every time I'd find another bunch. I'd call him. I said, "Now, do we still want to do this? Are we we all right?" He said, "I told you, you just buy the cattle. I'll sell them." <laughs> and so, so I just kept buying. We went down there to receive them, and on the way down there, a news deal come over the radio that they'd opened the Canadian border, let all them Canadian cattle come in, and they dropped about 20 cents a pound right, oh. <laughs> right there. We, he said, what are we going to do? We was going to send them. We had them sold in Nebraska, and them guys just backed out. We had some earnest money on him, but it wasn't enough to cover what I was losing. But anyhow, he said, well, we're going to have to back out on these guys. And I said, no, we ain't going to back out. I gave him my word. And I, I said, we're going to buy the cattle. We're going to take them. And uh, we figured we had about $70,000 made on the deal. And before we got through, uh, we'd lost about that much. <laughs> <laughs> But anyhow, we, uh, we uh, was down there receiving those cattle. We finally took another old boy in that was a cattle buyer, and he took part of them. But I I couldn't sleep. I was up walking the floor all night, every night. Matt says, well, if you take a little, drink a little of that beer, he says you can sleep. <laughs> <laughs> 
I said, well, I'm about ready to, but <laughs> we, we got up there. We was trying to sort it out, and she, he had that other old boy that bought some of those cattle was there helping him and with him, and they was trying to figure out who had what. Matt's secretary called me, and she says, are you pretty busy? And I said, yeah, but why? And she said, well, I need you to come over and see if we can straighten this out. I said, them guys are yelling at me, and I can't get straight out of them. So I need you to come over and see if we can straighten this out. So I went over there a couple of days. We got her straightened out. But that wasn't the end of the story. I had met, uh, was coming up the highway just a while after that, and he there's an old bum kind of walking up the road and he acted like he's pretty sick. And so Matt stopped and picked him up. And he said he was just too sick to, to make it. And he, so he said, I took him home and kept him for two or three weeks. And he kind of healed up and got a little better. And he got ready to leave. And he said he handed me a paper. <laughs> it was a deed to mine out here on the strip someplace. And, uh, so he put it up for sale. He said, I didn't want to go mine. So he put it up for sale. And they, those guys gave him $70,000 for that mining deal. So it kind of bailed us out of that. <laughs> he called me up. He was pretty happy. Not as happy as I was, I don't think. <laughs> so the bomb saved you from the... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That concludes part one of my interview with David Johnson. And one more thing that I need to let you all know about before you sign off is that we do a photo contest every month on our Instagram page. And this month, the photo contest winner will win a Davy Patterson knife. So for all of the details on how to enter and potentially win that knife, head over to our Instagram page. Our Instagram is at cowboystories underscore podcast and find our April giveaway post for all of the details. Thanks. See you next time.